It's show 48 of the Rim Pro Report. This week, Leo Kane, he's the managing director of Saracen Data Store in the UK. Plus, we're going to catch you up on the latest industry news. This show, as you probably already know, is sponsored by our good friends at O'Neill's Software. So if you're in the Rim service business and you have a record center or you're trying to build a record center or you're... Having, you've got a record center, but you're struggling with stuff. Uh, it might just be because of your software. And, you know, it pays to know these guys at O'Neill. They keep improving the software. They're the industry leader in development of software and peripherals to support that. And, you know, they just keep growing and improving. And I know, because I've talked to many of them at, at this company, and they just keep pushing the envelope to get better and better. And so... If you're interested in being a part of that, like so many other companies are in this industry, it pays to get to know them. So if you want to do that, head over to O'Neillsoft.com where you can learn more. Hey, it's uh, it's middle of the summer, and I think it's time to get this show started. So let's go. Welcome to the Rim, Rim, Rim Pro Reports, the one and only weekly broadcast for the Rim Support Services industry. Bustling with news, views, here's what I believe, and the latest updates. That's just them. The show is full of interesting information, stories, yes, important product and service reviews, yes, and a cast of industry characters included. Yes. <laughs> Record center operators, shred and destruction vendors, media and electronic vaulters, scanners and imaging providers take note this show is for you now here's your host tom adams yep it's me and we're back and you know what i want to say right off the top i am so thankful you're here with us i count it a honor and a privilege that you choose to take the time to listen to the show on a regular basis i know you can't listen to all of them and man they come every week and uh, it's a lot to take in when they're 35, 40 minutes a piece. And, and yet I, I really believe that the people that I asked to be on the show and the people who come and talk to us have something meaningful to say. Yeah, they might not always fit exactly what you're doing, but there's such cool stuff going on in our world. And there's such cool people doing interesting things that it's really what I'm on the lookout for. And as I find them, I, I want to share them with you. And I'm thankful for those of you who download these, uh, these recordings to your iPhone and listen to it on your way to work. Or I was talking to somebody the other day who actually uses this as the soundtrack to doing billing and doing many other paperwork functions. And for all of you who just, you know, make this part of your weekly uh, diet of industry stuff, I am thankful. And I, I, I really want to continue to make this show great for you. And we're at show 48. I can't believe it. It's It's been almost a full year of doing this show. We're going to hit 53 soon. Uh, and that means we've been at this more than a year. And that's a lot of fun. So thanks for being here. I am especially excited today to have Leo Kane. Uh, Leo Kane is the managing director of Saracen Data Store in just outside of London, England. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, we announced the acquisition of Saracen by another uh, company in the UK. And I thought it'd be interesting to talk to Leo Kane about their story and what they've been doing. And I think they've got something really cool to say. So looking forward to talking to him. And, you know, I am excited that, uh, well, as always, we get to share some of the latest industry news and keep you updated on what's happening. And, you know, 
people just keep showing up at the studio here. They show up from, it seems to be Hollywood, you know, because we're so close to Hollywood, just uh, down the street here in San Diego, and people show up. But mm, today's no different. We got another star in the room today. I walked all day and night to find you. Will Farrell. Wow, I am impressed. You walked to get here? I thought you'd probably just get a, you know, a limo down from L.A. I traveled to the seven levels of the candy cane forest. <laughs> okay. Past the sea of swirly, twirly gumdrops. Really? And then I walked through the Lincoln Tunnel. Oh, well, Lincoln Tunnel and you arrived in San Diego. Well, I think that's Highway 5, but uh, whatever. But if you did walk, no wonder you sound so out of breath and you smell like, oh my God. Gosh, you smell. Ooh, it's a formidable scent. Yes, it is a formidable scent. Wow. It stings the nostrils. <laughs> Mine are in a good stinging. Way. Yeah, in a good way, not so much. Hey, Will, tell us about yourself. You know, you're out there in the movies, and I, I see you even on other talk shows. Not relaxed. You're you're always acting. You're always playing the part. You're always sort of doing your funny shtick. Uh, so tell me a little bit more about the man behind that, the, the person that nobody sees. I'm very important. Uh, I have many leather-bound books, and my apartment smells of rich mahogany. I, I'm friends with Merlin Olson, too. He comes over on occasion. <laughs> Merlin Olson comes over on occasion. Well, well, that's de- you're definitely in the uh, you're in the right crowd there. But I, I'm I'm glad you don't let the fame get to your head, and you you kind of live in your apartment and read your books. But tell tell me a bit more. Tell me a bit more about yourself. I'm a man who discovered the wheel and what? built the Eiffel Tower out of metal and brawn. That's what kind of man I am. Well, pretty sure the Eiffel Tower was built long before either you or I were born. Don't act like you're not impressed. Well, it's not that I'm not impressed, but come on. Well, everybody knows the French guy built the Eiffel Tower. Gustave Eiffel. Uh, I I didn't really know that, but my intern just uh, told me that, you know, from the other side of the glass in the studio here. I didn't know you had elves working here. Well, yeah, she's, she's not so much an elf, uh, more like a summer intern sort of helping with the production. But seriously, well, you, you didn't build the Eiffel Tower. You sit on a throne of lies. I sit on a throne of lies? You've gone off your rocker, Will. I'm no hard-hitting newsman, but I think you're lying to us. I immediately regret this decision. Oh, man, relax. Wow. This was just really a quiet discussion. Get out! Huh? Just go! Here we are through! Through! Because of your actions, you scorpion woman! Scorpion woman? Scor- scorpion woman? And you're telling me to get it? This is my studio, and you've gone off your rocker, and uh, I I think you should probably get out. I, I just don't like that kind of, you know, that kind of attitude around here. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills! <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you're taking the crazy pills. Uh, you know, it, it just seemed to skyrocket all of a sudden. You just went off your rocker. So, uh, you know, I calm down. Just, just relax. Boy, that escalated quickly. Yeah. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Well, I know. I'm starting to worry about you know, if this is the real. Well, you, you're, you're a little. You know, you're a little out there. You're, you're a little off your rocker. It's just kind of weird. I want to say something. I want to put it out there. And if you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Oh, okay. So, uh, what do you got to say? You're so wise. You're like a miniature Buddha. 
covered in hair. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. I, well, I, I try and, you know, study and research and learn and take everything in and, but thanks. I, nobody's ever told me that I'm a miniature Buddha. Well, anyways, thanks for stopping by the studio today, Will. Uh, I, I'm appreciative that you come down and hang out with us here at the Rimper Report. It is a cool place to hang out. But, you know, I, I, I got to catch up on the industry news, so we, we should probably move on to that. You stay classy, San Diego. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. Stay classy, San Diego. Stay classy. Well, I will attempt to stay classy. Uh, thank you. But mainly, stay classy. Okay, Will. I got to get to the industry news. Just just uh, relax. Let me get to the news. News team! Assemble! Oh, okay. Thanks, Will. Let's just go to the news. Yep, it's uh, the middle of summer, and uh, the news is uh, rather, rather bleak, but I've got some interesting stuff for you nonetheless. Hey, Iron Mountain and Gimmelsoft, which is a provider of information like life cycle solutions for SharePoint, have signed a memorandum of understanding to develop a solution for managing both physical documents and electronic files from within SharePoint. Uh, the solution integrates SharePoint 2010 and Iron Mountain's AccuTrack software so that companies have a centralized means of access in both paper and electronic documents to manage on and off-site files, consistently classify data, apply legal holds, and set retention periods. So it continues to happen. It continues to evolve. And one of the reasons I talk to you about what's happening at Iron is because it's what affects you. And so be aware of that. The integration of digital and electronic is very much upon us today, and uh, you need to keep aware of that. And I know people like our good friends at O'Neill Software, they're uh, looking into that stuff, and they're continually pressing that envelope. And so are uh, many others. But be very aware of that integration at a high-end level that's happening in the big corporations now that you need to be very aware of. Hey, Bare Metal Data World uh, 2011 have officially announced their conference location, and it's actually open for registration. It'll be in San Antonio, Texas, September 22nd through 23rd uh, in the fall. You can get more details at baremetaldata.com. Hey, Adobe said earlier this week that it acquired EchoSign, which is a startup company that provides electronic signature technology. Adobe plans to take EchoSign's technology and integrate it into its document exchange services. The general idea here is that the enterprises will be able to swap documents for review and approval easily. EchoSign is 3 million users or so and will ultimately be integrated into Adobe services such as SendNow, FormCentral, and CreatePDF. EchoSign offers a subscription service to businesses to automate and track signatures and approvals while centralizing storage. I, I'm not sure if it was them specifically, but uh, we just did a deal on a house uh, here in uh, recently and did the whole thing uh, completely digitally, electronically through electronic signatures. Pretty uh, pretty cool process. Uh, apparently, EchoSign also integrates, has an interface to plug into Salesforce and NetSuite. So interesting piece of news there. Hey, this is an interesting story as well. The Midwest Blue Cross Blue Shield organization processes nearly 4 million claims annually in addition to EOB documents and payment checks. By replacing five traditional scanners with two high-speed production devices from a third-party company, uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield was able to re quickly reallocate three full-time employees, saving about 150000 annually. 
But the labor savings didn't actually stop there. The software intelligence provided by the IBML image track scanners automatically separated different document or category types, enabling Blue Cross Blue Shield to reallocate two additional employees who previously were solely dedicated to manual document preparation. It's it's really quite impressive when uh, companies cannot just uh, tell you what they're doing and give you a, a process by which they're doing it, but they actually show you how to actually save money and in this case um, this image track scanner has done that but uh, it seems to have gone further than that in the past staff had to manually search for and separate claims from other work now these new devices automatically in the software behind them automatically recognize the documents during the scanning which allows the organization to prioritize them electronically without ever handling the paper with this type of inline intelligence uh, it's no surprise that the organization is now really letting the scanners and the technology do as much of the sorting as possible so when you combine the two um, full-time employees the organization reallocated from doc prep with the three scanner operators it saved as well as two other general uh, full-time employees who were reassigned after the deployment of these new devices blue cross blue shield organization says they were able to reallocate truly a total of seven full-time employees representing a dramatic three hundred fifty thousand a year in salary and benefit benefit to them so um that's big news. The lesson here for me is, can you create this type of ROI for your clients? A very clear definition of specifically how you help them with the actual dollar figures. And uh, what I just explained to you and told you about Blue Cross Blue Shield actually very clearly indicates that. Hey, this is more interesting news. Google made $9 billion last quarter. $9 billion with a B. Uh, killing it. They they continue to kill it. And I think I mentioned uh, last week their new Google Plus is coming out. And there's lots of implications around that. Um, but what's really interesting is most of these are off the tiny ads on the side of the search results. Uh, and we did a show on that a couple of months ago that if you haven't listened to that, be sure to listen to that show because I tell you all about what's happening in this industry as it relates to AdWords and how that's all being affected. But, you know, in our industry, say the average, maybe top top average in our industry across all critical keywords tends to be about 10 bucks per click. But let me tell you what the top 10 click costs are in general, in average, and this is not based on sort of that one keyword out there, but generally average large keywords. The whole insurance category, which consumes about 24% of all keywords in the top 10,000 keywords searched, uh, they the average cost per click in that insurance category is $54.91. Unbelievable. And it's it's killing i mean that that whole area can you imagine paying 55 bucks just to get someone to your website uh loans which was second is 44 dollars and 28 cents a click mortgage 47 attorneys 47 credit 36 lawyers uh were 42 dollars donations or donating things 42 dollars degree 40 dollars uh hosting web hosting that whole area 31 dollars almost 32 and claim which rep sort of i would think i'll kind of aligns with uh things like uh attorneys and lawyers uh they're in the 45 range so uh the reality is google's making big money and uh on the other side of the equation there's a number of industries spending big money uh, we are not into that upper echelon. We're still down in the $10 range. Some of the stuff in the in the area of 
of uh, data protection, that's really creeping up there. We're seeing uh, first page stuff in the 25 to 30 range now. But uh, big numbers being spent on pay-per-click. Hey, finally, a strange story out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Wake Forest Baptist Medical Center said they sent letters to more than 350 people affected by the medical records taken by a former employee. The medical records were found earlier this year in a home in the storage unit connected to a Linda Turner, who's a former hospital employee, not authorized to take home records. After the records were sorted, the medical center determined 357 people were affected. Of those, 221 were past or current employees, and another 136 were actually patients. The hospital said that some of the documents did have Social Security numbers and that kind of stuff, uh, so it's doing what it needs to do. But uh, they, the actual uh, health, Baptist Wake Forest Baptist Health said they finished their investigation and this lady is charged with felony larceny of medical center paperwork and records. The hospital's privacy officer said Turner admitted to taking one or two documents over time but blamed it on poor work habits. Her attorney said Turner is a hoarder who never intended to use the documents for her own benefit. Well, she's probably going to be on the uh, that TLC show called Hoarding. Uh, interesting stuff there. And as always, there's lots of stuff going on in the news in our world. You know, uh, we could get into the data breach stuff for the week, but that's pretty passe because it appears every week there's just another big data breach. Oh, well... Let me know if you have any cool news. The data breach stuff's getting boring. Uh, I'd love to hear from you what you've got going on. So let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Hey, I need to get Leo Kane on the line, getting ready to talk to him. So give me a second. Leo Kane is the managing director of UK-based Saracen Data Store. Leo joined them in 1995 as a sales executive after finishing at Newcastle University. Since then, he has risen through the ranks and was made a director in 2002 and later the managing director in 2005. A couple of weeks ago, Saracen was purchased by Lock and Store, and we want to talk about all of it with Leo. So, Leo, are you there? I'm here. Nice, nice to have you on the Rim Pro Report. It's great to uh, great to be talking to you. Lots of stuff happening in your world, I imagine. But let's just start out by by first giving a uh, some some definition to what your company actually does. What's the range of your services? Um, we try and cover uh, quite a wide range of uh, services, but we, I mean, our main concentration is records management or document storage, however you'd like to describe it. Yeah. Um, and we've been doing that since the beginning, which is back it sort of 20 years ago. Um, three or four years ago, um, probably four or five years ago, we put in, uh, we started doing off-site tape storage and media management um, in uh, Jurisdale 5 volts. Oh, wow. Um, and we, that's been sort of a large growth area, been growing at sort of uh, um, 40 50% a year because it seems to be a niche in this country where... Uh, not being done particularly well. Yeah. Um, we have uh, five volts for um, secure documents as well, um, and we get involved in the sort of destruction of items of media and of uh, documents as well to sort of complete the cycle. 
So is that do you have your own equipment in that, or is that a your? Uh, no, Ashra Ashra Ash Redding is uh, is outsourced. Okay, cool. At the moment, yeah, cool. So your how many locations do you have? You you seem to have more than one location. Yeah, I mean we have our, our, our head office is in is about sort of twenty five miles out of the centre of London, um, and we have two sites um, in the South Midlands, which um, sort of um, store most of our boxes, but we. Uh, we use sort of a hub system to get stuff down overnight. So uh, um, the two sites up in Milton, one is Milton Keynes and one's just outside. Oh, okay. Um, so it's three, three main sites with about um, 70,000, 80,000 square feet. Wow. Very cool. So uh, you're you're a full service records and information management company, uh, sort of London and southeast London. It sounds like. But let, let's yep. go back a little bit in your own story. In 1995, you graduate from Newcastle University, and you go looking for a job. How do you end up at Saracen? Um, I had a, I got a degree in environmental science and uh, had uh, um, <laughs> lots of uh, grand. Uh, grand schemes to utilize that, which I never actually managed to do. And I was working in a, um, uh, a legal um, department of a mortgage company. Yeah. Um, and uh, Paying your I dues. That. Sorry? Paying your dues. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, uh, moving bits of paper around, yeah. um, which I'm probably now storing. <laughs> um, and they, uh, it, it wasn't really going anywhere, and I wasn't getting anywhere with sort of my degree um, or de- de- degree to uh, to get a job, and uh, my father had just started um, Saracen Data Store at that point, or fairly recently started that, um, and I thought I'd have a go at, uh, at selling that and the other services that they did at that time. So uh, it was a little bit by default, but uh, it turned out fairly well. So tell me about the years. So you 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 start working. So it's a family business then. It is. A, it was, yeah, yeah. It was a family. Was a family business. Very recently. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I was actually most of the time I was spending my time selling um, office supplies, and also we had a uh, an imported Swiss product, which was like a, a specialist filing clip for getting stuff out of um, lever arch files. So I was selling that for two or three years, and, and office supplies, and uh, wasn't particularly interested in the document storage, but slowly sort of. Uh, Got involved in it and uh, and and sort of from the bottom up and started to uh, understand it and, and realize what a fantastic industry it was. Yeah. So when you start doing that, so I I mean I understand that one because a lot of us in in this industry have sort of had those things, family businesses, uh, or been involved in in it, and it seems like you know there's there's lots of people in moving or self storage or other peripheral services and then the document storage business shows up in your life and there there it's it's someone who just it's like a business that looks at you and winks at you and kind of captures your attention and then it 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 really does become very seductive there's something really powerful about this industry so tell tell me about you know your initial as you started to get into this part of the business what about it uh, was so appealing what did you learn in those early years of being part of this um, well, I mean, to give it a little bit more history before I even turn on this, I mean, Saracen actually, or the document storage side of it started because um, one of my father's customers had 20 pallets of uh, of, store, of archives to store and they didn't know what to do with it. Oh. And we had spare warehouse space. So it was, 
I think everyone gets into this whole the, the, the business. A lot of people get into this by default because they've either got space or uh, for, for sort of similar reasons and, yeah. and think it, it's a great thing. And I mean, the reason it's so good, I think, is because once it's here, most of it stays yeah. for a long time, yeah. and you don't have to resell that that sale every month. Yeah. So the recurring element of it is is fantastic, and you can budget for what you're trying to do. Yeah. Um, the whole time, which so you you grow to love it. Oh, you do. It's it's a uh, yeah. <laughs> which is very sad, but you do. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about the it, it, obviously. You know, when you came into the business, it, it was there. It, I don't know what what state it was in, but when you sort of f- fell in love with this sar- side of the family business, uh, mm-hmm. what what did you see there? As you know, what what where was it at that point in time, and and how did you we take? We probably the- had fifteen twenty thousand boxes, if that. Okay. And we had a an old um, Fox uh, Foxbro database. Sort of that that logged a system, logged a position of a box, and that's where it lived. And I mean, the big change, and and when when I started to really concentrate on this was um, when in '99 we took on, we decided that our system was a bit too clunky. I was spending three days invoicing because everything was manual, and that yeah. we could actually do something better. And we took on O'Neill, so a free advert for them. And I mean, it, it partly thanks to them that I mean. I got involved in this because it was me that was going to be more IT literate and whatever. So I took on that and took on the project of converting it. And at that point, it, the whole thing sort of uh, started to, to move forward because um, we could control our data in such, such a better way and, and utilize the tools that were available to us. So uh, you you install O'Neill software and life starts making sense in that in that industry. So many more different things with it, and, and it's so much more flexible. Yeah, and yeah, time is being saved. And I mean, at that time we were probably only forty or fifty thousand boxes, so it's still very small. Yeah. Um, but even then, it, it it made things so much easier, and we could start to move forward. Wow, very cool. And uh, so, tell me a little bit about where you went from there. You you started seeing that you could have a much more sophisticated uh, back end to your system, and uh, tell tell me about the the growth of your company then from a forty to fifty thousand box company to where you are today and how, how did you go about doing that? We, I mean, we for for a while we still stayed relatively local to to to, uh, to, to our site at the time, right? Um, and looked for local businesses to do stuff with. As we started to develop knowledge of, of the system, we started to actually start running the system rather than the system running us. Um, and, and we looked for a differential. There are obviously lots of big players here, as there are um, in the U.S., and yeah. we just looked for, to, to try and do something different. Um, we concentrated on looking for um, highly active customers rather than just sedentary boxes um, and look, work, working very hard on, on file management and integration with people's systems. And, and I mean, that's still our ethos today. Uh, there are lots of people out there who just want boxes. We want active boxes. Our um, ratio between services and um, storage is—I don't know if it's unique, but it, it, it's um, it, it's pretty high. I mean, we're 55 storage, 40 45 services. Which oh wow! Yeah, I think, that... I think the I think the average is around 70 30. Yeah. So yeah. 
I mean, it's quite a move from that, and, and, and that's what we look to do. We obviously take people that just want to store boxes, right. but, uh, but I mean, that was that's the, the route we've taken, which has probably been a slower route in um, in box growth, but um, has allowed us to do different things and just to try and become sort of a bit of an expert in our area. So that the, I, I'm interested in that whole category because so many people get into this industry with the opposite approach, which is uh, just put boxes on shelves. Don't think about them. Try you know try not to have any interaction with them. You've gone the uh, direct opposite uh, direction, uh, mm-hmm. a significantly opposite direction to what a lot of people think. And so, how have you gone about developing that? You you must be a twenty four seven shop in, in that regard. You must be going. Uh, all the time, or do you still have? But only for the only for the for the for the media are we um, sort of yeah every day and whatever for the documents. Everyone everyone will tell you they've got a bigger requirement than they actually have. I mean, we've taken the viewpoint that for every box we get, we want to be able to maximise the income, right? Um, and, and try and get um, as, yeah, as much services out of every box that we store. Um, we've probably go, gone about that because we we've entered the marketplace with limited capital, um, and therefore had to maximise everything we did. So so that's the approach I chose to take. And um, although a slow burner, it's it has it has paid off in the long run. Yeah, and and it does put us up with the big boys because we can probably do, uh, or we're doing things that they're not even yet doing with integration within people systems and whatever so um yeah it, it's been a, an interesting learning curve on it but it, it's pushing boundaries on it i suppose which makes it interesting so are you actually doing open shelf or active filing where you're just pulling um pulling files themselves not out of boxes but on a just on a shelf uh, n- we don't actually currently but we are actually in a new site that we have we are actually going to put an element of it in uh Buildings that we've had haven't lended to it particularly, oh, okay. um, but we are moving probably sort of five or six times the amount of files than we are boxes on a daily basis. Wow! So we have a very high proportion of file customers. They so, happen to be stored in boxes, but as far as they're concerned, that's, that's it, it's irrelevant. Yeah, an irrelevance. Yeah. So are you actually uh, barcoding boxes as they enter the building? Uh, I'm not just bar- every single file is every single file barcoded as they enter the building. Is that part of your your uh, you know methodology? Um, only by customer choice. Oh, okay. But those that are, but a lot of them will come in. We will gain extra revenue because we will actually pick up. We don't that we don't ask the customer to box the box the um, the files up. And in higher active cases, they we just have um, uh, crates that that they fill up, and we pick up and we do the boxing service. But they're already barcoded and processed, and we do a lot of sort of pre-import stuff. So we're holding information on our system weeks and months before we actually receive the items. Oh, wow. so there's no processing to actually do when we get when when it comes here. It just goes to the shelf. Just goes to yeah, just goes in the box and goes on the shelf because it's already done and we've already captured that data. And are are you using uh, you you obviously have a, a with a active file system like you do? You obviously have a larger staff uh, component to probably yes, prob- yes. I would imagine we do. Um, that we probably have yeah, I think what it would be per per number of people, but a uh, number of boxes, but. 
Um, we have more vans out than, than a comparable size business, and we probably have more people in the warehouse. Yeah. But then with a, 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 someone with the same amount of boxes with us, they're averaging probably nearly half the services or even less right. than that than we're doing. So yeah, no, it's... it's, it, it's it pays for itself, and it's still, oh, yeah. it's still a good... There's a good margin to be if it's done well and efficiently to be to be gained from it. Oh yeah, no, that's it's it's very cool because I, I I think so many, uh, like I said, so many people tend to go the opposite route, which is how do we get boxes on shelves and how do we not touch them? You you've gone the the other direction, which I I think you know lends itself to changing the way you think about what you do. So how else have you pushed boundaries? You talked about really trying to get the maximum out of a box. Tell me how else you've pushed the boundaries in terms of gaining more revenue from that. Tell me about going into scanning and all the other stuff. Okay. Um, yeah, scanning we do we do a fair amount of but not not huge amounts but that I, is a is a complicated we've probably done I mean increasing revenue uh, in different in different ways, we have um, different levels of storage that people can, that people can use. I mean, active and deep storage areas, and we encourage people to move stuff around on that. We actually, in, which is again totally probably against industry norm, right. heavily encourage people to to destroy stuff, especially at a file level, um, because you're getting all the movement charges per file and not per box. Right. You're creating large revenue from from the destruction, which gives you plenty of time to replace the boxes, um, and reduces the amount of capital expenditure because of your growth. Right, right. Um, so it, there's just lots of ways we, we, we're trying to go about it, um, and try and pick that differently for each customer, whatever niche we can see at the time for them, um, and, and any add-ons. I mean, we probably do probably more shredding and things like that, but it's it's add-ons with the, the customers that we we know and have uh, built relationships with, and we work very hard on our customer relationship. Yeah, and those people are not just left there to, uh, to call in. We're we're con- we're contacting them in various media's and ways the whole time. Very cool. With that sort of philosophy of gaining the maximum out of everything, you got into the media management, the data protection stuff. Are you doing the same with that? Is that really active? Uh, you said that's grown a lot. So, yeah, I mean, we have a lot. We our profile. I mean, a lot of the customers are newbies in, into the industry. I mean, although there are a lot of exits from. Um, People who already have a service they're not happy with. Right. There are a lot of people through um, their sort of risk and uh, risk teams and whatever deciding and IT teams that they actually need this because they're not doing it. And still in this country, uh, at least fifty percent of our new customers on media each month will be people that are setting up their service for the first time. Wow. A lot. Of, a lot of them will be. Um, will not have many tapes. We've got plenty of customers that have only got 20, 30 tapes being stored, but they're still delivering, especially on if, if we can push them to daily services, they're still generating um, a decent income because of the services we're providing. We also fix the... Um, we put a service package together. Most people will operate this with giving you a, a visit rate and a pull rate, right. whereas we changed it around a bit and saying this is what you'll pay a month for the for the services that you want to use okay um so that they know what they're paying right and a lot of them struggle to actually 
to, to get these things through because they can't budget for it because they sort of they can't quite work out what they're supposed to be spending on it. But we give them a fixed price. Oh, cool. Um, and and they like that. So. so you you build this. You're building this really cool business. Was the goal ever to sell? Was that the was that the intent? <laughs> um, at some point, not this year. It wasn't at all. We went into this year. We'd made some massive um, reorganizations this year with, or last year, moving out of old buildings into new buildings and stuff. And we were uh, looking forward to a really exciting year, doing it on our own and, and um, making good money out of what we were doing because yeah. we'd rationalized a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and by chance, we were approached by two or three people all in January this year. Um, and we thought that it may be an opportunity to do it. I mean, longer term, probably a couple of years out, we were looking to do it. But yeah. It, it did totally take us by surprise, and but we uh, we took the opportunity because it seemed very busy in the marketplace at the moment. So, yeah, from the perspective, and, and it's part of the world we live in, in the rim service industry is roll-up, is, is large, you know, the acquisition side of it. Uh, but it seems to me that you know you you had this really hot business going, and uh, you know you're you're obviously a target. I I don't know how you weren't being approached every every couple of weeks from people, but I, I assume you have been for a while. It's very but, flattering. But the you know it's it's kind of cool. To we were get... we were, but we did have um, oh not every week, but we were being approached by people. Yeah. Um, but we I, I certainly, I, I mean, I want, I've, I've obviously stayed within the business and I want to carry on doing this for some time. Um, so my requirements were very different to the other two directors who were both looking for a sort of a full-term exit. Right. Um, and I wanted to be the first in. There are lots of people sort of trying to get into this marketplace. I didn't want to be second or third into somewhere and have to fight. I wanted to, uh, to carry on my business plan that... Uh, that we had in place um, with new backing rather than uh, yeah, fight for my position, I think. Right. So the new backing, the the, the purchase by Lock & Store is really, uh, you're staying on with the company as the man- managing director and really continuing yeah. the focus you're doing. Is The name is staying the same and all that is part? You know? Saracen, yeah, Saracen's the subsidiary of Lock & Store, which are obviously a self-store business right. rather than, and I mean, they actually have quite a lot of, archive storage within their sites as probably other cell stores do but yeah. they don't have any managed services and they see it as a, a complementary uh, uh, business that can uh, yeah that can move forward we can move, move forward together oh it's 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 very exciting so tell me about where where you see you know the the whole thing going now what's what's your dream what's your vision of it all <laughs> um after a couple of weeks of settling down i think we will um I mean, we are looking to continue to find the right acquisitions um, that fit either location-wise or um, with their sort of similar mentality um, to try and expand what we do into the service and shake it up a bit, really. Um, And actually, I think a lot of people's expectations, they may be with a, a provider and they think that's the best they can get and we hopefully go in there and uh, make ourselves even more visible and show them there is a different way to do it. 
Yeah. Oh, that's great. So based on all your years in the industry and what you've seen recently in the UK market, is there anything that concerns you about this industry? Is there anything that particularly frightens you? Anything that keeps you up at night? Um, anything keeps me up at night. Not only only being able to continue our performance, which I'm relatively confident at. I mean, the industry, I think, has still got a long way to go before any... Um, strange thoughts of a paperless office and not having the requirements there, there are changes within it but yeah i think i think we have to adapt to it and become more um interchangeable between hard copy and digital copy right um and give a fuller service there but um I, no i i still feel it's got a long way to run cool Hey, it's been great talking to you. I always like to ask a couple of personal questions, though, as we kind of end end our conversation. And uh, okay. you've you've obviously done some really cool stuff. And uh, congratulations on what you've done, and congratulations on the sale and uh, continued success as you move forward. But I got a couple of questions just to make sure I know you a bit more. Uh, okay. If if you were stuck on a desert island. And you could only take one piece of music with you, whether it be a CD, an old LP, uh, whatever it is. Uh, what is your Desert Island album? Okay. Um, I'll go before my time. Um, and Fleetwood Mac Rumors. Oh. Uh, yeah. Just to, simply because it sort of, uh, I think it's stuck in my head from having to listen to it as a child for uh, <laughs> hours and then. So I think that would probably, I don't think I'd ever get bored of that. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, What's the football team of choice? Uh, rugby, as in wrong sport. Oh, wrong sport. You you don't even like football. No. So rugby, and so who's your team? Um, wasps. The Wasps from? Yeah, they're just outside London. Okay. Uh, I think leaders are readers. What's your current best read? At the moment, it's mostly... Um, I'm probably spending more time reading the internet on on marketing and and things like that than uh, a lot of ebooks. Well, you're talking to the right that guy. That way, at the moment, I don't seem to have any time for uh, um, <laughs> actual for doing long reading, reading. Unfortunately, yeah, Stephen King. Um, yeah. <laughs> if magically, and I know this is not possible, but you had a free day to do anything you wanted all day tomorrow, what would you do? I would go for a very long walk with my dog. Well, Leo, it's been a pleasure. I, I'm excited to have finally talked to you and uh, to hear your story. And I, I, I wish and hope for you incredible success as you sort of ramp up on this new phase of your business and uh, make cool things happen in the UK. So great talking to you. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you. And thank you for uh, asking me on. Hey, well, thanks again for listening this week. Uh, we appreciate the time you take to spend with us. And thanks again to Leo Kane for telling us his story. Congratulations on his great success. And as always, thanks to uh, Will Farrell for dropping by. It's, uh, you know, it's kind of sad to see you go, Will. Does someone need a hug? Well, yes, I likely will after the show, but uh, we're not done yet. So uh, let me remind you that this show is sponsored by our good friends at O'Neill Software. They've got technical support and customer service team that you can count on. This includes regional coverage no matter where you are, either in the Americas, Europe, Middle East, Africa, uh, Asia Pacific, 
pretty much anywhere. If you need them, they're there for you. And so for more information, you can contact O'Neill at O'NeillSoft.com. Sweet grandmother's spatula. Yeah, sweet grandmother's spatula. That's exactly what I was thinking, Will, but uh, not sure how else to express it. These guys are everywhere, and they're a great company. So that's it for now. Next week, Christian and Patty from Phoenix in Winnipeg, Canada. And I got to let you know, I'm going to be doing the show from the beach house. Hey, we are out of here. We're going on vacation over and out. Thanks for joining us on the Rim Pro Report with Tom Adams. If you enjoyed the show, please tell others. Our website is www.rimproreport.com where you can find show archives and a whole lot more. This broadcast is produced and hosted by Flourish Press Incorporated. Join us again soon.